Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit. This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. All right, it is Tuesday, April 3rd, 2018, here back in the Detroit is Different studios with somebody that's uh, making a lot of headwinds in the cultural becoming of different things happening throughout the city of Detroit. But it's unique that our paths crossed a long time ago on a whole different plane. <laughs> um, you know, you, you meet people and you, you learn their life stories and you see different things and then you hear a lot of stuff. But man, oh man. Mm. Church What's is up, in full man? effect. That's how I know him, but everybody <laughs> else know him as a chef, Marcel. Um, let's see. Yeah. What, what's your chef? What's your chef? Take? Um, it's actually Chef Marcus. Chef Marcus. Yeah, Chef Marcus. Where? Mister uh, Where? See, that's yes, the, sir. Where that, bosses? That's <laughs> see, Mister Where is. Uh, see, I know him as Church, but we're going to get into like his life story and his backstory and all of that stuff. But uh, mm. right now, he's a chef. Uh, done a lot of the chefing game from the ground up, mm-hmm. uh, from pop ups to. Yeah. Um, to 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 carrying out from from the back of the kitchen to working his way to the to the top of the kitchen right doing it from the ground up to yeah. running a whole restaurant um this my homie man this my homie i know a lot about his backstory so this is about to get into a deeper discussion yes sir um chef where what's happening man what's the deal man what's going on man i, I definitely appreciate the opportunity you know like i told you before and um ray just just put myself on the map, man, you know. Um, been really focused, really just getting down. Just gr- <clears throat> Excuse me, just, just grinding, man, really. Okay. Now, you talk about the grind that you've been doing, man, and um, I definitely know the grind has a lot of layers in your story. Right. Um, uh, let's just start with how I always start. Your family's ties to the city of Detroit, as I know a lot of your family. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's, what's your ties to the fam- city of Detroit? How deep are you a Detroiter? Uh, when did your family first get here? What do you know about that? Um, well, poof. That's a good question. I really don't know when my people been here. <laughs> okay, so let's go but, uh, as far back. Let's, yeah, go, but back. I'm gonna go, let's go as far yeah. back as you know. <laughs> right. So uh, I know you were born in the city. Yeah, of course. Detroit uh, raised. Were, were both your parents born in the city? Yes. My um, my father was born in the city. My mother was born in the city. My um, grandparents. So you're second generation. Yep. Third generation. Mm-hmm. So you at least three generations deep in Detroit that you know of. Yeah, I say two for sure because uh-huh. um, I have family, you know, from Mississippi and stuff, you know, from the south. Okay. That's um, one of the reasons where I get my um, little culture roots from. And plus just mm-hmm. being around my grandma, being raised, you know, really just semi by her. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your parents alone. Uh, what's, the, what's the story about your parents? Well, great, great parents. They both raised me, um, came up in household with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my father was a chef and hmm. when I was young, I really didn't realize I really wanted to do that. You know, he was taking me out to you know, taste fest and stuff like that. And just really just had me tasting different stuff, you know, experiment with different stuff. But I really wasn't into that, mm-hmm. you know, coming up, you know, I was, um, basically in the streets to be honest with you, Yeah. you know, um, going back and forth to that. And, um, I went, I ran into some hardships where. I had to go to prison for four and a half years, mm-hmm. and which I don't look at it as um, something that I fought for. It like mainly like blame myself. I really um, learned a lot, 
mm-hmm. from just um, being in that environment and coming back into um, you know the world. And once I got out, I asked myself, what's something I could see myself doing for free? You know, um, if I and I already I already knew I had you know that drive, but I wanted my own. I wanted to work for my own self, and I wanted to really just um, be happy at what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. so I just thought about cooking, and that's what I just really just shit, pressed the pedal, man. I um, went to WC3, graduated from there with associates, went to Dorsey um, Culinary Academy, and been marching ever since, man. I ain't I ain't lost no step. And I'm I'm always constantly learning now. Um, now that um, I'm executive chef of a restaurant, which it took a while and it, it was hard, man. You know, a lot of people, you know, um, really are covered up and tell you like, oh man, you can do it. It's, it's yeah, a person can always do it, but it was hard, man. It was rough, hard. All right, now you unpacked a lot of stuff and you jumped over a lot of different stories that yeah. I want to get the layers into. <laughs> right, of course, we can, I know we can go a lot back. Right, stories. right, so, right. So let alone, let's stop with your dad was a chef. Talk yeah. about you know somebody and you hang out with them and you have right. no idea because you know you don't never say like, yeah, right. what your parents do. Right. But I never knew your dad was a chef. <laughs> yeah. So first, let's get into that. Yeah, what was course. your dad's style of cooking? Um. It was it, it was more so southern, but it it was with his style, it, like it was with the spin that he put on it. Okay. Um. So like, what were some of his uh, favorite dishes that he liked to do? He loved- You're listening to the Detroit is Different podcast network. He loves shrimp scampi, um, the fried greens, the the crab cakes, and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff I'm dealing with with the menu is some of the stuff that I grew up eating. You know. Um, okay. Now what? Who who's better at cooking? You or your pops? Now me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. He always gave me praises like, man, you know, you actually went farther than I did because, you know, this this something he tell me. And, 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 you know, even to this day when I was doing pop ups, I call him like, Dad, what you think about this? You think I should do this? And he'd be like, look, do it like this. Make sure you taste it. Do it like it. Like he was always a, a real mentor and always had my back when I needed him. Mm-hmm. And um, it was more so when he started getting older, he wanted that desk job. Mm-hmm. As far as like, but but he was still in um you know the culinary scene, but he was just you know pushing paperwork. So so let's talk a little bit about that whole field of like what that was like then, because your dad got you by some days, obviously. Cause oh yeah, pops. of course, so right. What era is your dad like cooking and, and like what was the tone and what was the the scene like? What yeah. was Detroit? Because Detroit, right. yeah, it was a change, right now is like going through a, a, a restaurants. Yeah, yeah. It's like every summer, it's. You know, fifty to hundred new restaurants. Right, right. I mean, his style was real old school. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I say old school because you know, far as like um, large quantities. Um, you know, you know, back in the day, you get good portion sizes. Mm-hmm. They 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 sprinkle um, chopped parsley all around the rim of the plate. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Where more is now is everything is small. You mm-hmm. know, um, shareable plates. Everybody using tweezers, which I hate. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it's 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 more so. It's it's definitely changed a lot. But um, what did he tell you about? Like, uh, what was it like? Because right now, so many new restaurants and new styles, and yeah, pop up kitchens and mm-hmm. like, you know, well, I, I don't even think about like in that era as we talk about what's happening throughout the city. You know, right. it. Every it's every, different. It's every weekend I hear about some new place. That's yeah, taking a curry spin on this, or mm-hmm. Brazilian spin on that, or Southwest spin on. Right. What I think, far as like what is 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 really different, far as the camaraderie, um, with um versus well, 
I can't speak for all, but you know, back in the day, I can only go off of what my father would. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but from what he was saying, you know, just saying, it's it's just totally different now. It's like back in the day, like it was more so everybody, like far as like this restaurant working with this restaurant. It was it was more so of um almost a um a a togetherness, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, you always had your camaraderie, but um. It was more so getting together for a good cause and stuff like that. Um, he did tell me a lot of them did do that, um, but it's kind of like, like now, and um, you know, in the cooking scene, everybody is fighting to get that top spot. Everybody wanna be the best, which it ain't nothing wrong with being the best. So what when you, you doing say the best, what's what is the best? What's the top spot perceived as, or what do most people in the restaurant industry perceive as the top spot? Well, personally. Um, you saying like what restaurant or just what? Just what, period. Okay, what, period. What, do, what does the industry think is the top spot when well, you talk to most people? Not you, but like what's uh, what's the general I mean, sense of what's honestly, top? Is it like, uh, no, I mean, you know, like, a celebrity uh, coming in and eating? Is it like I mean, good reviews? Right. Like what's, reviews do matter, but a good spot really to me is great on all basics. It don't necessarily just have to be great food. Mm-hmm. It got to be great service. Um is you being taken care of? Mm-hmm. If it's your server being a great server, um, explaining everything down to detail as far as food, how it tastes, flavor profile. Because before you get the food, you want to actually get it in your head when somebody explaining it to you. We have a special and um, such and such. You know, this on the menu. It tastes like this, and it came from this. People want to really hear that type of stuff and see that you know it. And from that on down the line, that's what make a real great great place. And to, and really to be honest. I go out and I eat a lot. Um, I go to a lot of places. And I have seen that in some some places, mm-hmm. but not not all. You know, it's 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 something uh-huh. that get overlooked there. Yeah, the food can be great. Mm-hmm. It can be outstanding. But this something that I really um what's what's the word? I really be on myself about because I truly believe that as a executive chef um, ain't no I in team. You know, everybody got to touch everybody's table, make sure the guest is all right, um, mm-hmm. make sure, like, everything is flawless. Because the food going to always speak for itself, you mm-hmm. know. But if you get great service, make people feel like, you know, like, wow, like, damn, I want to come back to there. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, it felt like family in there. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, oh, excuse me, that you're not really finding now. It's like, it's, it's more so about the money now, but... I mean, I, I I can't really say that um, it don't matter because it do matter. But at uh-huh. the end of the day, it's really more so of making people feel like home. You know, putting putting their trust in you because they gotta trust you some you know some type of form. You cooking their food for them. All right. So when you talk about trusting and cooking food, and then the back in the day to today, um, I definitely would have questions about your mom too. But mm-hmm. since we're there, let's go there. Today, being that there's more awareness about how people want to have their food prepared, uh, different diets that come in from vegan to pescatarian to vegetarian, mm-hmm. gluten-free. I, I would like uh, no no peanuts, no, like it's a lot more right. that I believe a chef Awareness. And, yeah. and just staff or restaurant period has to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We grew up in an era where it, it, it wasn't even smoking sections. Right, <laughs> right. You know, somebody take out a whole pack of, <laughs> pack of cools, like right, move next to you and it just right. is. What it is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
what what impact does that have on the restaurant industry as you talk about like making sure that things are ready and I mean, then, you know it, it it definitely has an impact uh especially dealing with allergies and I just recently found out um they actually added a new test on the serve safe test the allergies cuz now um in a society right now, people want to be more aware with certain stuff, mm-hmm. so they're not eating certain things. You got vegans, and mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you know, other stuff. And um, a lot of people, I'm, I'm finding a lot of people going vegan now, yeah. and, and and a lot of people, it's it's always gluten free now. That's that's something big, but that I ain't gonna say it changed the dynamic of it because you can make if if you a chef, you know how to come up with it. It's just something that um, it might throw you out your comfort zone a little bit, but. Mm-hmm you still know how to handle it and know how to execute it. So when you talk about know how to handle it, know how to execute it, this is one of the things that I always wonder. Like, what if the your supplier, like how much trust are you putting, does a restaurant have to have in that supplier to make sure that they're getting the goods without the peanuts, without right. the corn, without all these different things that the person on the menu, you know, maybe right. maybe everything is cool. Like, like most vegetarians will say, like, do you cook... You cook pork on that same grill, you right? Know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Are you making this same mm-hmm. stuff? You mm-hmm. know, and I, I mean, so much. I mean, sometimes the question, because right? They, you know, chances are. Yeah, but I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, sometimes it's it's like, like fryers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Use different fryer for that type of stuff. That's different because it ain't number oil, you and that really ain't ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, far as a grill, a certain amount of temperature kill all bacteria, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't. It wouldn't do nothing to them, but me just being on the safe side. It's like a thousand different vegetarians that's living right. this right now. So yeah, I know. Hell no. <laughs> right? Like, but be on the safe side. <laughs> new pan, new everything. Swine will not touch <laughs> Right, right, right. Because I used to be like that, though. Uh-huh. You know, so um, I, I it, it, it wasn't nothing that um that I was raised upon. It was just something I just said. I, I said, I'm going to stop eating pork for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like real picky, like no, that's on there. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you do got some, you know. But then you got some people that just do it, just to do it, you know. Yeah. But you know, ain't, ain't nothing so wrong it's like with just it. Just a level of trust. Trust. Right? You definitely gotta because you definitely don't want nobody sick. I'm gonna tell you that now. Or you don't want nobody saying you yeah. know anything or I bad got, reviews. I, my pu- I, I went there. I was good. Yeah, but I, I but I tasted sick. pork. I tasted something. Uh, yeah, my stomach yeah. was was turning up after I left that place. Yeah, I but assume, if anything, right, you gotta feel that. You, so so back to like the family story. Your mom mm-hmm. and that mom dynamic is. I grew up in a house where my mom was cooking, and I guess that's like the traditional role that yeah. we think. So did your mom do a lot of cooking in the house? Um. Yeah. No. Just, <laughs> I mean. She hit the, I mean. Uh, I, I ain't gonna say it like. A, right. A man that wanted to cook. Right. Right. She. She actually did. But the thing is, see, my mother actually didn't know how to cook. My my um father's grandma uh, mother mm-hmm. taught my mother how to cook. Wow. And you know um she was you so know from the side she you was had your paternal grandma's recipe yeah, all life yeah and she, she taught her dad how to cook yeah mm-hmm. pretty sure but. She was like, man, that's my baby too. Charlie Mae Myers, God bless her soul. But that's my baby. She like Thanksgiving meals, mm-hmm. Christmas, like everything was, man, immaculate. So basically, yeah, ain't that something? Yeah. Like the whole the whole family has been taking and now mm-hmm. you taking spins on probably different stuff. Did you yeah. ever get in the kitchen with her and make some stuff? Actually, no. But I was in there just like watching her, you know, watching because mm-hmm. you know, at that time I didn't realize what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I, I've been around the kitchen since I was 13, but mm-hmm. I started taking it serious when I turned like 
22-23. Okay. And let me talk a little bit about that Mississippi cooking because I got a grandma from Mississippi mm-hmm. too, Vicksburg. Mm-hmm. And she's big on, like, stocks. Yeah, that's very important. Um my, and then explain what a stock is because like it was throwing me off, but now it's so weird as I'm growing because I do a lot of crock pot stuff. So it's uh, I mean it's, I'll take some stocks, but explain yeah. it out. Stocks is basically um, you want to make sure you have Maripro, um, which is basically um, 25% um, carrots, 25% celery, 50% onions. Um, basically, you just want to get a good um, consistency and flavor taste. Some people use regular water. And you can add um, meat product um, stocks like um, veal stock, um, um, veal bones. I'm sorry, um, um, chicken bones, chicken garlic. Because all you doing is bringing out the flavor from things that um, that you ain't can't really cook or use no more. Like basically, if you get a whole carcass of a chicken, once you cut it, you know, break it down, you still got the cartilage from it. And what you do is you take that. And then you put it in the pot with the Maripro. You can add whatever you want to it, um, you know, bay leaves, you know, peppercorn, if you wanted to add a sachet bag with it or um, thyme. And then you fill it up halfway with water, and you just let it cook overnight, roughly about 15, 16 hours. Me, I normally go longer than that because I, I really believe in roasting my bones first. Like when I make veal stock, I roast my bones first. All right, wait, time out. For the person that's listening to this <laughs> that doesn't know what is happening, like I say, I got a grandma from Mississippi. What he's basically saying, and let me tell you something, and I know this came straight from the plantation. Basically, mm-hmm. every piece mm-hmm. of everything, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go, you eat chicken, and you right. throw the bones away. Like, if you grew up with real Southern folks, right. you don't throw nothing, <laughs> nothing away. Nope. And they nothing. can use everything yep. till it's done. Mm-hmm. And they will basically cook down the bone till they get the flavor out the bone, bone yeah. and use that to re-season <laughs> yeah. some more food, yeah. Yeah. possibly vegetables, yeah. possibly other meats or whatever. But you're talking about a that gravy. stocking yeah. is a form of this, and my mm-hmm. grandma's big on that. Yeah. Right? yeah that's, like, it's crazy that yeah. she... It's crazy that she does this, and you do this, and yeah. you had a grandma from Mississippi. Yeah. That's why I'm asking about it. Yeah, my my um, great-grandma, and that's one thing. And, um, you know, my great-grandmother, she was really big on that. And, um, like, she used to – it was crazy. Man. She had the best turkey burgers I ever had in my life. <laughs> I, I, she had the best I ever had in my life. But um, that's something she used to do with stock, though. Like, when she used to make her greens, she used to make vegetable stock. And mm-hmm. cook the greens down in the vegetable stock instead of adding water to it. Mm. Some some people use water, but how my grandma used to do it, she used to take like maybe um, turkey necks because she used mm-hmm. to use turkey. Turkey necks, add the vegetable stock in it, boil the turkey necks for a long period of time. Basically, you making a stock with that itself from the turkey neck and the vegetable stock that you already have. Mm. Once that get a good flavor, she season it and then she um, add she the greens to, to it. Yeah, and then add a little bit of um, apple cider vinegar to it to give that little that little spunk. Yeah, see, all of yeah, this is it's good. good, man. I'm, I'm running all the time, so, so, <laughs> yeah. so crock pot cooking is definitely oh, definitely, yeah, my, uh, my favorite thing to do. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with with crock. It's, it's nothing wrong with that crock pot. It's it really allows you to really trap your flavors into that. Um, mm-hmm. Anything you cook for long periods of time is the flavor there. It's going to be great every time. I'm gonna tell you that now, because it's it's basically just soaking up all the juice for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Long periods of time, so can't really go wrong with that. All right, so this style of cooking, 
and, and, and that what you learn. Let's your mom. You said learn to learn learn to cook from your grandma. Uh huh. So like I'm guessing your the kitchen around Thanksgiving was definitely like a prime place, and you had to yeah. have like a you you almost needed to <laughs> you couldn't be a rookie in the kitchen. No, you know, no, you couldn't. Like, no, no, you couldn't because um you know I got two sisters and they really they really big on critiquing the food. They can tell like <laughs> who made this. Uh, you mean so if if if, if like, this is some right, <laughs> right, right. Send it back. <laughs> right. So typically, my like this dry ass dressing. Right, <laughs> right. But my grandma, she was the one that was always in the kitchen. Like, mm. you know, you had my dad helping out. You know, my mama help out. Wow. So your dad, even as a chef, had he to help out. Yeah, but it was her. She she made it happen. You know, mm. from um, chicken gizzards. You know, with the gravy from the um. You know, you know for the dressing. To the nice creamy macaroni and cheese, and to the like yamalo. She used to make yamalo instead of yams. Mm. You know, a lot, a lot a lot of people don't know what that is, but it's basically just almost like um, a sweet potato puree, but mm. she put marshmallows in it and bake mm. it, and man, it was good every time. Okay, good every so, time. So when you talk about this whole flavor, the kitchen. Uh, what what those family gatherings like when when the food would be there? Like, what does that mean to you now? Oh, it was back at it. I mean, it was really just. Celebrating life and family, man. Because when you get around something like that, and um, this like a gathering itself, and we wasn't just around just just for something happen. You know what I'm saying? You know, people and family come, you know, really come together when something going on or something happen. Mm -hmm. For us to, and we used to have, um, you know, Sunday you dinners. Guys got a huge family yeah. too, so it's uh -huh. not like it's yeah. not like four people. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's know. it's a real big family. It's like it's it's like one big family, but of course you got your other intermediate mm -hmm. families, and you know. Inside the big family, mm -hmm. but um, you know, just me seeing that—that that was something that I was big on. Um, family, far mm -hmm. as like um, in the kitchen, and um, every time you know, far as Thanksgiving, and we just didn't cook for holidays. You know, it'd be um, a Sunday dinner. Everybody get together and we come over there, and that's one thing I liked about my family, where um, we got together on a regular basis, where we didn't have to um, really come together on if for a funeral or something happened. You know. You know, but uh, yeah, 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 and, I, and and that's something that I'm taking, and I'm really just striving with that concept because that's how I want the restaurant to be as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe if you spend more than forty hours with a person, you got to be considered family. Yeah, I you got know? you. So that's I got the, you. So in, in this whole journey, uh, what did your mom do? Um, actually, my mom going to school, man. She, right now, um, she's going, she's to, going school. to school. She um. I can't even think of the real term for it, but she want to be a heart surgeon. Okay. So <laughs> she been going to school for a while. She actually about to graduate with her bachelor's. Wow. Yeah, and you know she she um growing up what was she she, she was basically helping yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> raising us being um stay at home wife mother, mm -hmm. um but um she's but a real now that you all are grown. She wants yeah to she really doing her own pursue thing. that and uh, become a, a surgeon for yeah that's, and 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 the powerful. thing is though. And the thing is, though, it's crazy because my mom don't know how much I look up to her, but I look up to my mom a lot because, mm. you know, coming up, it wasn't easy for us as well, you know, you know, like I stated before. But it also wasn't easy for her, too, as a mm -hmm. child coming up. And um, my mom was diagnosed with, um, upper, what is it called, epilepsy, when mm. she had seizures. Mm. And um, later on down the line, we they um, figured out that, um, that was triggered by the lupus. She had lupus and didn't didn't know it. I never knew uh, your mom had lupus. So. Right. And for everybody uh, listening, uh, lupus is definitely yeah. a uh, an illness that generally um, 
is very prevalent amongst black women yep. uh, in, in the community. Uh, Sandra Epps has a has a foundation and a annual gala called okay. the Butterfly Foundation uh, because it's generally sometimes the butterfly scar that many women yeah. have with lupus. Butter, yep. And um, you get it right on your uh, face. It's it's a unique and beautiful thing every year. Uh, find out more about lupus. Also, uh, giving to lupus is uh, attorney Todd Russell Perkins, okay. uh, Perkins Law Group. Uh, his wife passed mm. uh, of lupus, and uh, that that foundation, as it comes together, and he gives more. It's good to see uh, more people becoming more aware because a lot of people have Don't no know, right, idea right. Uh, about its impact. Right, but your mom, yeah, and being, she uh, pursuing. Uh, the, and, the career as a heart surgeon, and that's why, and that's and that's and that's, and that's why, and um, not to cut you off, but that's why I brought that up because she's a walking miracle. I say that because she she had complications, um, heart problems, stuff, and you know they end up putting my mother in a medically um, induced coma mm. just to try to figure out what was going on because she was having seizures back to back, and you know they didn't figure out what was going on, and then. Um, my mom, you know, basically she was trying to diagnose herself, and the doctor's like, no, no, you know, you know, let us do our job. You know, what you going to school for? And she ended up telling her, you know, the doctor had a nerve to say, well, you'd be lucky if you make it to this or that, da da da, and that really scarred her. So she ended up proving him wrong, you know, mm. and she been doing that ever since. And that's why I say, it's, it's really a blessing in disguise because she didn't, she she more healthier now. She watched mm. what she eat. And you know it's it's two different type of lupus. It's the discoid lupus and the one that attack your bones. Um, far as like different organs, like like you never know, you know what can happen, you know. And she just really monitor, you know what she um, eat. She work out a lot, drink a lot of water. She always in good spirits, and she been good ever since. I mean, she still have lupus, but ain't been no um, back and forth hospital runs. It's like she real happy, you know. And that's something that that really just make me push. Even harder because how, how old were you when uh, when this whole situation happened? Well, I want to say because I was still cooking. I want to say around twenty eight, twenty seven. Okay, the first so this wasn't so long. Ago. No, I'm only thirty three. I just turned thirty three. So mm -hmm. yeah, this wasn't even no, it that wasn't. Long ago. It wasn't. It mm -hmm. wasn't. And but she been pushing, man. And that's and that's one thing is like I look at that every day and be like, you know, if I know. My mom can do it, and a doctor says she wouldn't make it to this. And look, mm -hmm. she yeah. doing it. So that's what's up. That's powerful, man. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Now we can kind of uh, shift off into like your coming. Like I met you uh, in hip hop. Yeah, man. Church rapper. Yeah. Like man, you, <laughs> yeah. you can spit too. I yeah. Was like um, like on two things. Mm -hmm. uh, very determined. You hear a lot of different stuff from a lot of people. Uh, as your cousin, drummer B. Right. Of course. Leonard Shout out to drummer. Uh, my my DJ, like mm -hmm. one of the DJs I work with, uh, real creative right now. He's touring. God knows where he's at. He's like yeah, he Dubai yeah, or just just came back from Egypt or something. Yeah, yeah. Dubai or something. Drummer right. B is doing his thing. Um, mm -hmm. You determined as drummer, but even more determined because you know I went to Northwestern, so I've seen so many cats get in and out of jail. And I remember he was like, "Yo, my cousin, my cousin about to get out of jail. He may be staying here for a little bit." Cause I record at Drummer's house, and he's mm -hmm. like, "Man, he gonna be around." I think he really want to get into this. He gonna be around, and then right. I was like, "All right, I mean, all right, it's a lot. You know <laughs> right." What I'm saying? 
You know, it's like yeah. you get out of jail every day. And, right. And, <laughs> and want to rap, right? And, uh, <laughs> right. So then, so then you, you you got like a couple tracks. Uh-huh. And when Drummer was dragging his feet, you networked your own way yeah. to get your own tracks. Mm-hmm. Networked, your way, networked your own way to get your own shows and studios. Yeah. I'm like, damn, church putting in work. Ain't yeah. shit. Outside of uh, relying on everybody right. uh, dragging our feet. Right. It's almost <laughs> like you sometimes got to see how serious somebody Right, is. yeah. And it was the same type of tenacity that you took from... Um, the first cooking thing I remember you guys had, like in Drummer's apartment, like off Wayne State, he do these. Uh, he was like, "Yo, man, I bought this bridge card. I'm about to uh, I bought this bridge uh, card from so this long girl. Ago, I'm yeah. about, to buy, about to buy these waffles. I'm gonna do my own chicken and waffles yeah. and sell them shit, yep. man. I'm gonna pass. Yeah, did, yeah. I'm gonna pass out uh, <laughs> some printed flyers on uh, yeah, Wayne State's campus." Yep. And I was like, man, that's all like all types of uh, citations. <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, people, people was coming up to drummers every day. Yeah. And then you saw that. And yeah. then it was like, yeah. And that's... then he was like, yo, man, mm-hmm. I don't know about this rap thing. And I was like, yeah, exactly. you know, nobody really know about this mm-hmm. rap thing. Right. But I can't believe that these people was up here every day buying like five. It'd be like right. the same cat. Every day. Buying like five uh, chicken and waffles. Right. But the thing is, though, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. And and drummer can tell you this for itself, man. I remember the day that I was making a transition. Um, you know, life was life was rough. It was like I was going back to forth. Um, I was basically homeless, man. Going back and forth, you know. Yeah. Drummer, uh, it's my baby. Yeah, drummer. I was at drummer, drummer crib, crib, and then my auntie house. You know, God yeah. bless her soul. So that was like my second mother, man. She, the my baby, mm-hmm. and drummer. Um, you know, of course, he was he was, he was almost like brother. He was basically my brother, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one day I was sitting on the roof of his apartment, like actually the roof. Mm-hmm. We climbed up. We were just talking. I was like, man, shit, I want better. Like, I really want better. He was like, man, shit, just do it. I was like, you know, I'm about to go to school, man. Mm-hmm. And it was like 11, 30, 12 o'clock. My dad came, picked me up. I got all my clothes. I rolled in um, Dorsey. After I got out of um, Wayne, um, you know, um, what is it called, community college, I enrolled in Dorsey, yeah. and it was like, it was hard, man. Like, it was hard. It was like making that transition because only reason why I stopped rapping because I'm like, okay, look, I need some money, you know. Um, yeah, I was in the streets, but it's like, and that's why I was able but to rap. Key, let me say this though, um, to everybody watching, and you wonder like how cats end up adjacent into the streets and. Like, I always, like, you know, when people say it needs to be more job opportunities, it's like the streets is always hiring. And then when you connect it, um, you, it just it just ends up, like, it ends up being in your network. Like, right. I'm assuming how, like, a lot of, you know, some of my homeboys that grew up in more affluent neighborhoods know how to play golf. Mm-hmm. And just know people that are in different spaces. So, like, uh, the streets can be everything from selling weed to selling coke to 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 being able to hook up somebody illegal cable right to, <laughs> right to try to figure out how to get somebody and, and to get some money it's like a lot of different forms of hustle that are um externalities of the poverty that we're adjacent to um and it's just around you because it's it's surrounding you you know and all types of different come-ups because through through a lot of that and I think that's where I look at you and Drum and a lot of the other cats where, like, man, y'all always made better decisions. Because, man, yeah. since then, so many people done got locked up with, yeah. like, selling the fake, uh, selling fake pills, pills. that oh, yeah, was caffeine yeah. Yeah. and pushing it off like it was, uh, like, Something it was for perk. Real. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. And, like, uh, is this- fake lean and 
all yeah. types of just you it's know raids and you know what I mean. It's it's, it's a much. lot of um, it's a lot of a lot of dumb shit people yeah. that got caught up in uh, in certain I time, agree. and you 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 always was like steering closer away from all of that, and you committed yourself to to everything, especially when. Um, when it, it's like almost like an unseen, like blind faith, because it's not like the opportunities in front of you. Like, okay, if right. you get out of school, you'll get yeah, this. Yeah, it was just like it was like I believe ha- with yeah. school, I it can't will provide yeah. me an opportunity to mm-hmm. go to here. Yeah, you're right about that. So, um, so getting locked up first, because mm-hmm. we, we we just kind of blew right. past that. Uh, and I remember you tell all your stories about about that more colorful and everything. But yeah. what was it like that first night? As I, you know, as I always say, what was it like the first night that you was locked up and about to serve the four years? Man, shit, Ooh. man. Um, well, after I got sentenced, mm-hmm. um, they gave me four to six years, um, which it's not long to a person that been in prison before, but it's long to the people who haven't been in prison before. Let me tell you, like, I've been locked up for one day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's like, damn. I, one day. Right. It's right. forever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, now, now, I know dudes that serve that L. Life right. is a 25-year sentence. Right. And if you took an L, yeah, four yeah. years is like, man, I could do that right. standing on my head. Or people say that shit. Right, like, yes. You know, you know. Of course. You know how people over-exaggerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was really, um, man, to be honest, when I got sentenced, man, I cried, man. Mm. I cried, man, because um, when I was, I was 18 Turning 19, I had turned 19 in prison, but out in, in the county, I was really just, I, I mean, I ain't crowd in the open. I was really just like crying to myself, like, damn, it's like, how did you get in a situation like this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was praying a lot, you know, just talking to myself a lot, mm-hmm. but something hit me like, shit, okay, look, you gotta do this shit, buckle it up, and just do what you gotta do. Um, it was it was hard, man. Especially in quarantine, when you go to quarantine, it's you know it's a it's 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 an old old jail where it's the bars, and they got mm-hmm. me on the fourth the fourth um, tier, or whatever. Um, and it was like twenty four hour it was really twenty three hour lockdown that first thirty days until you transfer out to a prison. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like that shit. It was like you find yourself talking to yourself, you know, um, mm-hmm. reading a lot. Cause ain't nothing to do in there, you know. You you go outside for one hour, you know. But they treated it like that because uh, I guess they wanted to make it feel like it was really like um, a level four or something like that. But it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Once you go into a, a prison, and uh, because they went by your time, um, once you go into certain prisons, um, it's it's not nothing like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, you get a TV. It's it's they they don't make it comfortable for you, but. You know how to make it comfortable. If, if you know how to move, you know, mm-hmm. you make it comfortable for yourself. But, you know, like I said, that's not nothing I'm, I'm really um, ashamed of, you know, because I can talk about that all day. I, I really want to spark the mind to, to let somebody else know that they can do it as well, you know. Cause, all right. So, like, when you were, when you were in mm-hmm. and then the interactions, like, uh, what was the, like, how were you keeping your mind balanced? Because there's so many cats mm-hmm. that I think, you know, brilliant yeah. intelligent and like just can't shake the streets because it's one of those things where like they looking at being flagged up or mm-hmm. having a felony and just feel that damn the only option i really got to do what i gotta do is to continue to 
I mean, stack these felonies. Right. I mean, I I, I really um, I mean, being in there, you. And then you also, let me say this too. Um, you know, you can look at going to prison. I mean, it can kind of be like a, a a college for criminals too, because you can learn yeah, all yeah. types of yeah. hustles mm-hmm. and get get all types of connections. To yeah, you that can. You never yeah. Knew, it and, you know? and that's what it is. It, it ain't nothing you can't do in prison that you can't do out here. It's the same, bro. Only Women, thing you, I think, is the number one thing. Only thing you can't can, do is drive. You yo, you pay. no. You gotta pay. You you can't. A whole lot of money. And <laughs> and we ain't gonna talk about it right now. Yeah, but yeah, it's, you ain't even but let's gotta put it pay. Like this. Yeah. Let's put it like this. Right. There's a lot of consulting sessions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just put it like that. Yeah. Big, big Meech is. Uh, yeah. Big and Meech is not as single of a man right now as you think. Right. Of course. And not 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 because of the other thing. Right. You know. Of course. But um yeah man it's. It's like I always look at it. If, if you know how to move and carry yourself out in the street, you know, um, you you should be able to move in there. You know, mm-hmm. prison ain't for everybody. I'm gonna tell you that now. Um, that ain't nothing that that I glorify, but mm-hmm. it's something that I love to tell people about because give people a different outlook mm-hmm. on certain things. Because some people always use that excuse. Oh man, you know, I just got out, man. You know, people ain't hiring. I mean. It's all about how you apply yourself. And, and how you I can't say this though. You've been, you've had a different determination, mm-hmm. you know, because like um, you've had a different determination. Because it's a lot of cats that just can't, <laughs> can't, can't get past it. You know what right. I'm saying? And then it's a lot of like the returning citizen programming and, and and resources that they say are real. And I don't know how legitimate those things are, but I guess you just gotta exploit what you can't exploit to get what you need. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't never lied about that. So with that option, now you out, you get out, and and then you 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 bump it around to find your way. You finally decide to get into Dorsey. Mm-hmm. What's the first position you get after you get through Dorsey? I was a dishwasher going going to Dorsey. I was a dishwasher, mm-hmm. and well, I, I knew this. And I knew I, this yeah, sure this. <laughs> and like that's why I say like from the bottom up. Yeah, like, from the bottom up, from, from yeah. step by step by step. You the know bottom what I'm up, saying? man. And um, I remember the first. Um, and then let me ask you this: What is it like being a dishwasher when you walk into a place, knowing you humble yourself, that knowing like, damn, I may be better than the chef in? But you know what? The thing is, people don't know the dishwasher is the most important, the most important person in there, because mm-hmm. without the place being clean or without the silverware being clean, can't nobody eat. We can mm-hmm. cook the food, but how you gonna eat it? Well, that that is definitely not the attitude <laughs> so, I had when I worked at Pizza Hut. So, hey. <laughs> so, so that's that's definitely. I mean, I took pride in in everything I did, but like I said, the executive chef there, um, Chef Matt Bardridge, who actually owns a restaurant now, he's great great person, and um, he knew that I went to school because um, my friend got me the job, mm-hmm. and he also went to school mm-hmm. with me. And um, he, he used to be on the line grilling. I'm be washing dishes like, damn, man, I want to, you know, I want to cook, man. You know, but started taking it slow by slow. Once I started um, just, just really just like doing everything, because I wasn't just doing dishes. I'm trying to learn how to prep. I'm asking a lot of questions, even though I'm going to school too. But people really don't, well, some people want to see that paperwork. But majority of people want to see what you can do, because that paperwork don't mean shit if you can't cook. So he started me off at the dishwasher. When I'm... Um, Start, um, you know, do a little prep. He started saying I can do that. He moved me on on Garmage. That's do that's dealing with salads, like making salads, doing desserts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. But shit, I'm getting tired of this. 
You know, I mean, I ain't tell him that, but mm-hmm. this is my mentality, so I'm trying to go up and beyond what you need me to do. Mm-hmm. You need me to do this over there, need me to do that, and I'm going to ask a early. question. I done needed you earlier. Yeah. I tried to make a sound. <laughs> <laughs> I put too much uh, red out, apple cider vinegar. Oh, yeah. That's, ooh. Yeah, that's too. Horrible, bro. I should have stuck to that yeah. olive oil. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, on the day I graduated, he moved me to grill. Mm-hmm. And I showed my ass on there. Mm-hmm. It, it was, and only reason why he moved me to um, the grill because the guy who got me the job, mm-hmm. he had come in there all fucked up and um, just, it's like he he wasn't showing the same characteristics like he cared no more, mm-hmm. you know. But he he good ass cook. But you know when you get up there and start thinking you too big for your bridges, it's gonna always be somebody there watching, ready to take your place. Mm-hmm. And he knew it. Called me up, Mark. Come on down there on grill. All right, I've been working grill, and with man, I was knocking shit out. Loved it every since, and it, and he's telling me like, man, you, man, damn, I wish I would have knew this earlier. So then I start going to you know saute side, start doing that, start learning that. Just really just getting experience because I believe that experience is the best teacher. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter about you work you work with somebody or you done been to, to the top schools and and you know in Michigan or, or motherfucking New York, whatever. That don't mean nothing. Cause if you can't cook, that shit will show. You know? And um shit from there, man, I just start I, I started putting pressure on myself, really to just make a name for myself. And mm-hmm. after that place, I went to the London Chop House, which great place downtown. Mm-hmm. I was there four and a four and a half years. Yeah, I remember when you was there. And I had to work my way up from there. And it was and that's a great place. Mm-hmm. Um great great family orientated. Mm-hmm. So, um when I first got there, same thing. Garmage, worked my way up. Mm-hmm. But it was more so I wanted the taste of that grill, you know, the broiler. And the chapo, that's all they really they they um, you know, they got entrees on there, but they main entrees is coming from the grill and the broiler side. Mm-hmm. You know, they selling a hundred dollar steaks and yeah. You know, your stuff like that. And I knew I had something where when I first walked into that place and I and, and I opened it up. When I first walked into that place, it was three people working in the back. And I dumbed it down to one person. Mm-hmm. Me. You know, I'm talking about I'm putting bread in, I'm um plating up my own food, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, on the grill on the broiler. Mm-hmm. And that's something right there, um, that really just really just motivated me to do more. Mm-hmm. You know, and I actually was doing more, and I, I got um, um, a promotion where to the point where he uh, made me the saucier and butcher. Like, I was making all the sauce, and I was butchering all the meat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was definitely a, a great chef. I learned a lot, and I'm older than him, mm-hmm. and I learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. And, and awesome. Yeah, so, and it was like, I always tell people, like, you can never put a, um, a age or a position on what you can learn because a dishwasher can teach a top chef something that you would never know. You know, so that's how I go in every every um, outlook, just thinking just like that. Now, as we talk about that, it's a lot of YouTube chefs nowadays. Oh, yeah. You know, so let's talk Man. a little bit about the, uh, the I mean, YouTube <laughs> chef. The, uh, you know, you come out and you talk to people about their meal, and they're like, yes, I just saw on YouTube. Uh, I mean, right. So, like, what's, so what's, I what's, mean, your, what's your take on YouTube I mean, my chef? take on, I mean, I ain't, I ain't got no YouTube channel. I probably should get one. but yeah, you probably should. I ain't, I ain't trying to knock nobody hustle how they Twerking get. Twerking cook. Right. <laughs> right. I, I ain't trying to knock nobody hustle or nothing. You know, you could do it however you feel need to do it. But, um, I mean, I guess it's all right. I, I guess it's all right. It's, it's a lot, I know it's, it's 
quite a few that made a big name for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, which I don't. Um, and it actually um, branded their name basically, mm-hmm. which I, I don't really knock it. But that's just not me. I mean, I, I like to. Uh, I'm I, I'm more so of a behind the scenes person. But when time comes, I like to be in the scene. Okay. You know, I got you. So when you talk about in the scene, you've done a series of different pop ups. Yeah, that's led to uh, these opportunities that you got like a combination of stuff. Yeah, I, what's mm. it? Uh, what's it like doing a pop up? Oh man, it's good. It's great. I it's 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 really more so of um, really just is exploiting your creativity and just meeting new people mm-hmm. and just making people feel like family and and feel like they appreciate it. And then for the person watching this thinking about doing a pop-up, how should they know about, uh, you know, how do they price it? How do they budget? I mean, What should they budget their ticket on and then what should they budget on spending on food? It depends on the courses and far as, you know, of, of course the ticket uh, prices. Mm-hmm. Um, most, because it ranges from like yeah. $15 to like $120. Yeah, but you know sometimes it, de- it depends on where you're doing it. As um, mm-hmm. far as like, I, you know, like example, I just did one at Revolver. I did one on, on, on February 16th. And um, I bought my own food, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, they reimburse you for that. And they also, um, you know, they, they really do marketing. You know, they market it for you, but they set the ticket um, price point. Mm-hmm. And you make good money off of it. It's it's almost like a hit or miss. But places like Revolver or you know that's the, that's a real known place where people really go there, mm-hmm. and uh, it's easy to sell out. You know, sell out on dinners. You know, you can be good or you can be bad. You nine times ten, you might still sell out. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a way to make extra money. I mean, I you know sometimes it can be a hit or miss. It depends on where you're going. You know, it mm-hmm. it, it, it it really depends on the food as well too. So. I would advise if if that's something that people want that's that's something that I think people should more people should should start getting into because it opened up so many doors because mm-hmm. you never know who who want to you know come to your pop up you know I've seen people and they owners of um you know rest you know um you know other restaurants in Canada and Windsor and stuff like that and I'm like oh wow it's like you never know who you might bump heads with and that's mm-hmm. and and stuff like that especially in this industry you never know who know who so you want to always keep a little nice slate about that. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk just uh, your kitchen alone at the house. What are some spices that you always have in your kitchen? Uh, always cayenne, paprika, Spanish paprika, cumin, um, of course, salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, I love pickles. Mm-hmm. I love pickles. So sometimes I make my own pickles. I always got different vinegars in there, like apple cider vinegar, white vinegar, um, white vinegar, champagne vinegar. Uh, so pickles, it's just like cucumbers and vinegar, right? It's yeah, it's, it's basically add the acid to it. You want to make sure you put a little water in it. it can't just okay. be straight pickles. I mean, straight um, vinegar. Vinegar. Okay. Yeah, that'd be uh, it'd be. Okay. All right. <laughs> but um, it's 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 basically man. It's and and that's something I I, I really want to get into. Like I really, if they had a a, a school for pickles, mm-hmm. but like just pickle in general, mm-hmm. sign me up. I go. Pickle. That's how much I love pickles. <laughs> okay. All right. And, uh, all right. Uh, what about like uh, herbs? What what herbs are you? Mm. Are you got to run? Well, I, I like the I like the I really more so like the um, like like when I'm doing something like uh, like I'm making a meal. I like to use fresh majority of the time. But, okay, so you don't but, always stock up. 
Okay. I mean, I do a little bit, but I, I keep small amounts. So, like, um, you know, tarragon, um, thyme, mm-hmm. um, dry partially. That's it, but I won't go overboard. Like, like I, I use that typically for a rub or something like that. When I'm mm-hmm. making something, and I really want the real impact flavor for. I'm getting it fresh. I'm getting fresh thyme, mm-hmm. you know, um, fresh garlic. I like. I, I do use garlic powder as well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like fresh garlic, um, chives, green onions, um, fresh fresh tarragon. But I don't get too much of that because I don't really use that mm-hmm. much fresh anyway. But when I'm making something that day. I like to use fresh ingredients. It's the only right. way to go. When it comes to dicing stuff up, are you like particular about your knives? Does the knives do you have like that five hundred dollar knife set, or do you got the you Man, know I, you just went to Dollar General and just was like <laughs> uh, this knife broke? Well, actually, so, uh, <laughs> well, well, actually, I got a selection of, of knives that I collected over the years. Mm. Um, I do got a three hundred dollar um, you a like Myobi knife. Dundee. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> like, this you is got annoying. to. Um, I got a, um, a Myobi knife. It was three hundred dollars. But I didn't pay three hundred dollars for it. But uh, I mean, got, yeah, yeah it. I got it. It's so the only you. thing that matter. But <laughs> but um, it's yeah. I'm I'm actually um need to get some more though. But I'm just gonna use them and just keep sharpening them because I don't. It don't make sense to get no brand new knife and just try to sharpen. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the brand new knife, the five hundred dollar knife. That shit just really for show. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I don't need to cook with that because I'm not gonna cook with a five hundred dollar knife every day. That don't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so. All right, all right. And then uh, let's see, what else in the kitchen? Uh, what else do you got in your kitchen at the crib? What, what else is happening in your kitchen? I know you see. got a crock pot because we talked about that. Yeah, I got a crock pot. I got two of them, actually. I got okay. a, um, a crock pot, a small fryer, mm-hmm. um, a waffle maker, a McGriddle. I got I got a waffle maker, too. <laughs> yeah. Waffle. Yeah, you got yeah that shit come in handy, yeah. Good. Yeah, <laughs> the griddle. Yeah, I, I bought a griddle too, uh-huh. and then I was like, "Man, I'm getting a waffle maker because I like waffles more than pancakes." Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got uh, I got it all, man. I I need to get some some new pots and pans though. I ain't uh-huh. really got no no pots and pans. Mm-hmm. Food wise, a lot of shit. Let me see. Chicken, of course, of course, chicken in there. Mm-hmm. I got some um turkey necks in there. Um. Frozen um corn. I got frozen corn there. All right, because I don't like. <laughs> and then, and then your ahead. girl, like, does she? Do, do you let uh, her cook, or are you like a girl? Nah. Uh man, you know I ain't got no girl, man. I want one though. I got you. I got one. Thought you was locked up. I mean, I mean, so, I was though. I was, yeah, yeah, I was, I was like, but you know, I was, I was, but. All right, so when y'all was together, was you doing most of the cooking? Was she actually, doing the cooking, or did she? Actually, we was doing it together, man. She okay, was really um. So she that's was really the, inspired. You so know? like, uh, so like, y'all could be okay. When you say together, was it like I do the salad, you do the spaghetti? No, she or was, was it like she was cooking, we cooking like, together. together, together. Oh, yeah, okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was actually that's a fun, bonus. man. Yeah, it so was if, fun if, if, for women that that uh, if you uh, can uh, hey. become the, the 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 better half of Mister Ware, right? A chef you Ware, you get to you get to learn learn his recipes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. You can't just you can't just Netflix and chill by yourself. While right. He, of course. While he in there making a, a, a seven course, a seven meal, course right. meal. Right. Can't do that. But yeah, like, man. with the cheddar biscuits. Course? Right. <laughs> right. But I'm. But I miss those days, man. I miss those days. Just vibing with family and just you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and when I mean family, I mean you know you know my girl and you know my kids and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so. Most definitely. Yeah, man. Definitely. Uh, never seen as proud of a father. Uh, embrace the be. whole situation through the whole background and all of that yeah. stuff, man. You try to be, man. You embrace that like head on. Try you know to know what I mean. Try to, man, because I, I mean, it's, it's 
it's, it's almost more so like what you want your legacy to be. It's a question that I ask Like, myself. I remember, wait, wait, time out. So people get the context of this. It was like, we was like, uh, we were like hanging out, leaving the show. And it's funny because they all look up to me and, and rap like almost like as a big brother. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, yeah, man, old girl say I, I, I'm i the dad. And, and then I was like, damn. <laughs> and then everybody else was like, man, I don't know. We, we may want to question this. And she was like, nah, man, I'm going I'm to be the dad. Right, and we yeah. was looking like... It was like it was like the most adult conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you had the most adult perspective right. in the whole room. Everybody right. else was like, I don't yeah. know, I'd be. I'd yeah, be. and I remember drummer took me to go see him, and mm-hmm. and, and and now he's fourteen, playing football, basketball, and I tell it's him, crazy, bro. and he like to cook. And I tell him, man, you don't want to cook. It's it's too stressful. <laughs> just 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 focus on your schoolwork right now. That's it. Uh-huh. But that was so yeah, bad. Man. So that's, that was a while that, ago. I remember specifically. Yeah. We was like all, <laughs> we was all sitting yeah, around. Man. Like, yeah. All right, so so the um so that's carrying on from generation to generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Your dad, his dad, mm-hmm. and him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he probably think he can get down better than you with some stuff. Probably. I mean, only thing he really know how to cook is pancakes. Uh, man, I ain't, you throw, I ain't gonna let him cook no more than pancakes. You throw, throwing salt on the young brother's name. He made, no. you, gonna, you gonna be at a cookout one day. Right. Like, Damn, who made this barbecue chicken? I mean, I, I, and you know what? It's crazy because it's crazy you said barbecue because I actually, when he was like five or six, I actually had him on the grill barbecuing. Ain't that and so. I got pictures of it. He looking all scared, like he's scared of the fire and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, man, go and cook. If you think about getting burnt, your ass gonna get burnt. Just Hilarious. cook. Hilarious. So, yeah. yeah, we may need to be getting you at this uh, next thing we do man, uh, just, with, with the cookout. As, uh, get this in the Definitely, mix. man. Just call, man. So just, so let's talk about this new big venture. Yes, as we man. had kind of the end of this conversation. Okay. But I definitely want to get you back and you can come with your team. Of course. But, uh, the new venture is actually up 75 in one of our sister mm-hmm. cities in the metro Detroit area Pontiac. in Pontiac, man. Yes, sir. You yes, um, going to be the head chef. This yes. Is, this is like one of the... As people talk about, like, the river runs deep and mm-hmm. um, you know people, it's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, a dude that, you know what I'm saying? It's right. Like, damn. Like, right. <laughs> the dude that you never expected. You know what right. I'm saying? Right, yeah, man. Nah, head chef. This yeah. is crazy. It's so, nice, man. what's happening, man? Man, definitely, um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely appreciate all the love I've been getting, you know, from Pontiac in general. But the uh, name of the place is called the Menagerie um, Lounge Artistic Eatery, where we doing live, live jazz music. Okay. Um, on on the weekends, um, Friday and Saturday. Okay. And um, it's Southern influence, mm-hmm. like. And then I, we need to talk because you know I'm connected to a lot of them cats. Yeah. So we'll get some of the artists I know yeah. to to give you the like, yo man, he family. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily discount as much as like right. we gotta work together. Right. And so. also we selling artwork. Oh. So man, we I that's like that's it. and, and like we it. we gonna have artwork display around the whole restaurant, where mm-hmm. um it's gonna be like. Like like little index cards, but just basically just give a description mm-hmm. of it and just price points and stuff like that of mm-hmm. the paintings or the That's artwork. Cool. Who who's the team putting this all together? Ah, uh, um, James um, James and April Forbes, they're the owners. Okay, um, they've been in Pontiac forever, forever, and um, they, so they love they, Pontiac. Like yeah, yeah, and they. they Man, they really family, man. They 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 okay. really family, and that's that's something that. How how did you come about meeting? Actually, they they um own the spot, um. Um, right down the street, it was the same same name, but they were just only doing pop-ups out of there. And I actually did a couple pop-ups with them, and they liked the food that mm-hmm. I was doing. And They was like, we need to keep this thing yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, so we started doing that. And then, but, you know, I was still working, doing, you know, doing my other mm-hmm. stuff. And just one day, you know, they came to me and said, you know, they they, they about to open up a big, you know, a bigger building. We're going to do um, um, food. Mm-hmm. 
artwork, live music. Want you to be the executive chef, and wow. I was, I was, I was like, "What for real?" Like I was like, "Damn, you serious?" Like mm-hmm. because because you know at this time I was working at one of the best um, you know restaurants in Detroit. It was called um, um, I can't even remember the name. Takoy. Mm. That's that's right there on Michigan and Fifteenth. Yeah. Familiar you? Mm-hmm. So it was like, damn. It's like, do I leave this good job? They paying me good, but this is the, this is what you've been really wanting. This is what you. Yeah, this is what the rooftop. So yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been um like peanut butter and jelly ever since man. Wow, bro. I ain't gonna lie. And then the thing is, it, it's more it's more to it, man, than just it, it's like I can't even really describe. It. It's like we be in there in the restaurant right now, blood, sweat, and tears, mm-hmm. figuring out. Okay, look, we're gonna do it this way. We gonna move this table over here. Like it, it's it's like once we did that together mm-hmm. as a team, like. You know, like um, actually going to get equipment, buying equipment right there. Yeah. You know, waiting on for the trucks to bring it in, assemble it, have a like like big ass meetings, game plan, strategy, like mm-hmm. all that. Man, it's family. When is uh, when is everything opening up? I want to tell you, but I really don't want to tell you. Yeah, right, I, well, I want to keep give me it. A season. Give me a season. Oh, um, about two weeks. Oh, soon, soon. Okay. Fuck cool, it, I'm about, I'm fucking, I'm going to tell you. It, it um it opened up April twentieth. Okay. Which is which is a Friday. Okay. okay. And we was trying to like keep it under wrap because when we hit, we just wanted to be like, bam. All right. Well, you know? then what I'll make sure I do is I'll drop this that Wednesday. I drop every Wednesday. Okay. I drop that Wednesday of it. Um and then uh of you course. Know, show some love. Yeah, of course. Show some love. I definitely appreciate it. And so, we are and we are hiring too as well. Okay. Um if people want to hire you can send um, you know, resume to Chef Marcus Ware. I I, I damn sure cannot to, uh it can't do I can that. say if you want a job. Yeah. <laughs> Con- for, contact him. Yeah, you know what you're right. Don't even worry people, about it. People don't even worry about it. <laughs> if, if you're serious, this is my man. You're right. Yeah, because he, he's personable and he's yeah. friendly and he's fun right here. <laughs> right. But, but when it comes time to work, like we plan. We, let's we, put it we like this. Plan. He right. did not get tried in lockdown. So right. you don't want to try him right. over the, <laughs> over the right. 15 or, or whatever per hour he going to pay you. Right. You want to be serious. Right. It's, so it's definitely serious, serious better. Yeah. And you don't just want a couple checks. Right. Because you plan on going to Miami. Right. On Memorial Day. <laughs> then holla at him. Right. It's if dead you just want to go to Miami for Memorial Day. Then uh, UPS tired, right? Right, but that's that's something, man. I'm 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 definitely um proud to be a part of, man. Mm-hmm. And um, we dealing with local vendors. Um, cool. Our um, our produce company will be local. It'd be from from Pontiac. Cool. Um, growing our own stuff. Only things that we want to work with. Um, you know, just just experiment with a lot of different shit, man. I'm I'm just definitely ready, man. It, it's definitely a challenge, you know. Is I'll it be a, uh, is it a bar too? Oh, come on! Okay, man. of uh, course. Who's Bye. Uh, okay, well, I'm of gonna course. definitely be looking to try out the cocktail. Yeah, and, definitely. And uh, get up that way. It's definitely um, gonna be, and it's 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 like everything, and uh, like the whole ambiance of it. It's it's going like as soon as you walk in, man. It's like we got a a, um, a big ass mirror on the wall of a person playing a playing a um, trumpet, mm. you know, um, a lady with an afro. It's like it's like oh, every it's, I need to, we we I, taking it back to like we want people to get the real experience of what we got to offer. It ain't just and it's an open kitchen. Where so is it? Uh, where is it at? In lo- uh, it's, located. It's located on one fifty five North um, Saginaw Street. Okay. And so the old and the old Times Square restaurant, mm. right across the okay. street from Lafayette Market. Okay. All right. So yeah, it's, it's 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 definitely big things, man. And I'm I'm definitely excited to be a part of it. Okay. Definitely. Cool, man. Cool. Uh, let's see. Um, with that, and we wind it down now. I'm gonna definitely put some more information about it and all. Um, 
course. Let's go classic Detroit is different questions. First, your first car. What uh what was your very first car? What was the year making model of the car and what year did you get it? Man, I think it was I wanna say I don't know where it was a nine was it ninety three? It was a dynasty. Mm. Mm. It was my mama old car. Okay. A hand me down. Yeah, I feel it was a, that. Mama gave it to a me. Ninety three dynasty. What uh what year you get it? Um I wanna say tenth grade. Tenth grade. I ain't even had no license. Mm. I just had it. So then, what was that? For you, tenth grade was Man was that shit. Oh three I graduated. It had to be So that's old that was when that was when I'll I give was me a line. Oh one. I was like, oh, 2001, 2001. Yeah. 2001. Yeah, it had to okay. be. Okay. All right. Uh, where was the first place you went when you got it? Man, everywhere. Just driving. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was happy. You just was riding. Oh, I was happy. <laughs> I was, and, then, and the car was raggedy. I had put some sounds in it and everything. Hey, <laughs> like, that's, how, that's how it is when you get I, said, I was just happy ride. I was driving. I'm like, shit, I don't care. I'm driving. <laughs> I didn't even care. <laughs> yeah, that year I graduated. Let's see. What was we playing? We was playing at... Um, Oh man, song of homecoming was uh, wish I never met a uh, what you call it? Uh, wish I, uh, you know Jay Z's uh, what you call it? Um, uh, I'm a hustler, baby. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. I, I just want you to know Tomorrow, for real, for real, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to me. That joint. yeah, give it to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the joint. <laughs> Uh, damn, it damn you ain't that old. Oh man, no nah, man, I'm, I'm, I, I, I just, I need to be old. Be old <laughs> That's how it always be, man. So, um, when, uh, let's see. Second question: If you were a DJ at the end of the Detroit fireworks, um, you had to play three songs. You on Woodward and Jefferson? What three songs you playing? Um, I'm weird, man. You can play. Like, I listen. Hey, to, you, I like. You can. Hey, it's up to you. Everybody judge me when I say that. I like Coldplay, man. Okay, so what so, song are you playing? <laughs> Paradise. Okay, that's one. Um, I gotta, I gotta play um, Marvin Gaye. Which one? Uh, I want you to uh, want me. Okay. All right. Um. Well, damn, that's the fire. We had the fireworks. Is that, is that suitable for? I don't know, man. Well, that's okay. You right. Right. Play, right. <laughs> you the DJ. Right. And then, let me see. Um. Some classic. Some classic. Uh, what is some classic? I don't know, man. You got uh, I, I don't. I don't. You need three. Third, you three. need one more. Let's see. Uh. Uh. Eric Badu. Which one? Lifetime. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. Lifetime. You gonna have people. Uh, you gonna have people out there. Uh, See, it's finding love. Right. Out right. There. <laughs> you finding love out there. I mean, the whole thing is like, I believe that music is real. Is is, is like really um, a part of people. Um, like far as like, you know, the vibrations and the vibe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you know, I, me personally, I want to hear something like that versus some some you. shoot 'em up type stuff and no. You know, uh, gangsta shit. No, I don't want to hear no gangsta shit, no. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't want to hear it. I just say that. I got you. All right. And then the last question. If you could rename Woodward after one person, who would it be and why? Shit, after one person. Anybody? Anybody. Oof. It's um, on the tip of my tongue. What's his name? Um... What's his name? What was that movie? Cause it's it's what the fuck is his name? It ain't 
No, this is the movie. No, no, it, it was a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Birth of a Nation. What's my man name? Oh, Nat Turner. Y'all naming Nat Turner. You would name it after Nat yep. Turner, ain't that? Something? And that's the and that's because they try to destroy his legacy. You don't see nothing about him after him, even nothing. though he ain't even from here. He's right. from Virginia. You you be like, hey, you don't see here nothing. You go. And they, they try to turn <laughs> shit. They they did so much to his bodies and bones and his skin. <laughs> Well, let's put it like this. If Woodward was Nat Turner, Turner. Would... was Nat Turner Avenue, we would definitely uh, a lot of this revitalization right would be wouldn't changing be going on immediately. Right. It'd be like, oh shit, right. the right. Nike store would be like, uh, uh-uh, hell no, right. wouldn't be no damn Wolverine, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're no more, uh... right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff about... would have to go, right, right. <laughs> Campus Marshall type like 25 blocks away. Right. <laughs> All right, man. It was fun. Always I'm a gonna, pleasure. I'm going to leave the information under there. And uh, most definitely, we're going to get you back. Of course, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for right. your time. Perfect. Cinco de Mayo is the grand introduction of Gold Medallion. Alex White and Kari W.A.E. Frazier are introducing the live electronic, soul, and hip-hop band, Gold Medallion. Saturday, May 5th at Tony V's Tavern, come witness the start of the movement Gold Medallion. This show is produced by Detroit is Different. Tickets are $15 and two for 20. Limited seating. Buy your tickets today at www.detroitisdifferent.com. Tony V's is located at 5756 Cass Avenue in Detroit's Wayne State University District.